Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. Nearly a week after the final day of voting, several key races in California are still undecided. KQED's politics editor Scott Schaefer says the outcome could help determine which party will control the House of Representatives. As of last night, neither party had the 218 House seats needed to claim a majority, although Republicans are closing in on the magic number. Of the remaining House contests too close to call, more than half are in California. Races where no winner has yet been declared by the Associated Press include the 41st Congressional District in Riverside County, where incumbent Republican Ken Calvert is steadily expanding his lead over Democrat Will Rollins. Mike Garcia in Los Angeles, considered one of the more vulnerable Republicans, appears headed for re-election, while Southland Democrats Katie Porter and Mike Levin are also likely to win. Two races are still regarded as toss-ups, Republican incumbent David Valadeo versus Democrat Rudy Salas in the Central Valley, and an open seat around Merced, where less than 100 votes separate Democrat Adam Gray and Republican John Duarte. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles, the city's residents are still waiting to find out who won L.A.'s mayoral race. With more on that, here's my California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Hey, Saul. Hey, Madi. Yeah, it is the proverbial nail-biter election here. After several days of narrowly trailing in the mayoral vote count, Congressmember Karen Bass opened up a narrow lead against her opponent, shopping mall mogul Rick Caruso, as ballots continued to be counted over the weekend. As of the most recent announced totals, Bass is nearly 9,500 votes ahead. But LA County officials caution that it might take several more days until a winner can be declared, as they count mail-in and drop-off ballots. Both Bass and Caruso are registered Democrats, but Caruso is a former Republican and is considered the more conservative of the two. In their campaigns, both Caruso and Bass promised to create more housing for LA's homeless and to expand the ranks of the LAPD in response to concerns over crime. If Bass is elected, she'll make history as the first woman to lead LA and the city's second African-American mayor. But this Bass-Caruso contest is already historic as the most expensive mayoral race ever in L.A., mostly because of the Caruso campaign. It shelled out more than $100 million on the race, outspending the Bass Camp by more than 10 to 1. Most of that money came out of Rick Caruso's own very deep pockets. Oh, and there's one other really high-profile race in the L.A. area I should mention, the one for L.A. County Sheriff. Incumbent Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who's been much criticized for his imperial leadership style of the department is trailing challenger Robert Luna by nearly 260,000 votes. Luna is the former police chief of Long Beach. 
And those are some L.A. election news highlights. Madi? Thanks, Saul. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Californians have elected a significant number of Latino candidates to key offices this year. Last week, Alex Padilla became the first Latino elected to the U.S. Senate from California. Robert Garcia, who ran in California's 42nd congressional district spanning Riverside County and the Inland Empire, is now the first openly gay immigrant elected to Congress. Patricia Guerrero is poised to become the first Latina California Supreme Court justice, and Assemblymember Robert Rivas has been elected unanimously as California's next Assembly Speaker. Here with me to discuss its significance is Christian Arana, Vice President of Policy at the Latino Community Foundation. Hi, Christian. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for being here. So tell us, why are we seeing this change? What's driving it? Well, um, one only has to go back almost 30 years ago when Prop 187 passed the anti-immigrant ballot initiative that Governor Wilson was promoting. They tried to take away health care and education from undocumented communities. And in response to that, Latino communities organized. We became citizens. We registered to vote. And so you look at what happened in these 2022 midterm elections It is a product of the immense anger that started uh, in 1994. And Alex Padilla, who's now our first elected United States Senator from California, uh, he got his start uh, in the Prop 187 movement. And whether um, you can look at many, many people who currently hold office who are Latino, a lot of them trace their origins back to that moment in time in California where they were incredibly upset attacked. And in response, they took matters in their own hands. And now they're in elected office. And what's interesting about this election, too, you know, senators in California have historically come from the Bay Area, but Alex Padilla is from Los Angeles and Patricia Guerrero is from the Imperial Valley. Is it significant that these newly elected officials come from parts of California that haven't seen representation at this level? Oh, it's absolutely significant. Now we have an opportunity to get an even uh, broader perspective um, when it comes to policymaking in the state of California. This is important for democracy, I would say, because I think too often a lot of people don't want to participate in elections because they often say, well, what's the point? No one understands us. Now we have people that are essentially from our communities that are taking our experiences into account and hopefully they'll make the right decisions um, based on the things that we want for our communities. So, of course, we know Latinos are not a monolithic group, but what can we expect from this new wave of political leaders? 
people want action. <laughs> the fact that Latinos are agreeing with every other racial ethnic background saying that inflation is our top issue. Uh, you know, we want to be able to see our elected leaders to, to mobilize quickly. I would even say at the state level, um, you know, I think you started talking about Robert Rivas becoming our next speaker. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also pretty significant, too, because he's going to be the first speaker from rural California uh, in modern times. And so when you look at rural Californians, uh, especially on these issues of inflation, on issues like the climate, immigration, uh, rural California also pronounced themselves in this election to say we want action, too. Uh, so, you know, I fully expect that we're going to see significant movement on addressing these issues for our communities. That was Christian Arana, Vice President of Policy at the Latino Community Foundation. Thanks, Christian. Thank you so much. And that's the California Report for Monday, November 14th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools like the Retirement Planner to help them achieve their financial goals, personalcapital.com. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.